Drone Tech Data AI. Innovation continues to shape and define our future, giving rise to a new breed of startups, gadgets and gizmos, changing the way we view education in its traditional form and how we live, work and consume. Welcome to The Realist Futurist, a podcast about exploring the trends in tech, gear, the changing global landscape and a wide variety of subjects that are all things future. I am your host, Ali Satchu. Join me as we journey together, exploring what this fascinating future holds for our lifetime and beyond. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The future starts now. This is episode 8 of The Realist Futurist, and today we will be covering once again one of my favorite topics and a sort of a follow-up to the Consumer Drone episode, which was the fourth episode on the show. Check that out for all things Consumer Drones. This episode, though, is a bit of a different spin on the drone space. If you haven't guessed it, we're going to be exploring commercial drones and their applications. What we have seen so far, or what I've discovered, and by no means the entire space, but a sliver of what I've discovered and how quickly this space is evolving and innovating. Now, we all know this technology has had incredible pace and adoption in the consumer space, which has surprisingly led to commercial adoption. I say surprisingly because typically it's the other way around. I find that typically there is a lot more commercial adoption for any technology before consumer adoption. I believe what has happened here is that businesses, be it as simple as a real estate agent showing aerial views of a property or a complex investigation of an engineering site doing inspection or quality checks, have all seen how easy it is to adopt this tech and its user-friendly nature, which they figured, wait a minute. This could be very useful to what we do and perhaps save us a lot of time and money. Now, you're probably familiar with the term UAV, unmanned aerial vehicles, to describe drones because they come in various forms including quadcopters, hexacopters, and some very high-tech military surveillance or weaponized drones. What I believe a lot of the world has not yet experienced or not fully digested is how this tech is contributing to the autonomous and transportation space. There's a bit of a spin-off that I want to touch on right now that the company eHang, for example, is calling AAV. AAV stands for Autonomous Aerial Vehicle for the transportation of passengers without a physical operator present in said vehicle. Let's take a look at this marvel of innovation. The eHang vehicle has eight propellers powering this machine with a maximum payload of 220 kilograms, an impressive update from when I first came across this company and its technology. It also has a range of 35 kilometers, which is likely soon going to be increased with improved battery tech and speeds of 130 kilometers an hour. This in its own is a mind-blowing area of discovery and probably deserving of its own episode with all the advancements of autonomous road vehicles and now aerial taxis. 
So if that excites you, stay tuned for the coming soon episode your way right here on The Realist Futurist. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the release of the autonomous vehicle episode and the technology that's powering this electric and battery revolution. Back to commercial drones. So lately I've come across many different articles that keep on drumming up more excitement for this space. For example, the most exciting of all was on January 15th of 2021 this year, a report on the Wall Street Journal that the FAA approved the first fully automated commercial drone flight. Now, I didn't think we were here yet. I can't say there yet. Here yet. So if you don't know what this means, let me try and explain. Typically, a drone is piloted by a human using some sort of a remote operator, be it a computer system or a remote controller. The FAA has just granted a small Massachusetts-based company by the name of American Robotics to put these birds on air with what's known as acoustic technology to avoid and detect drones, real birds, and other objects. The decision by the Federal Aviation Administration limits operation of automated drones to rural areas and altitudes below 400 feet, but is a potentially significant step in expanding commercial applications of drones for farmers, utilities, mining companies, and other customers. It also represents another step in the FAA's broader effort to authorize widespread flights by shifting away from case-by-case -case exemptions for specific vehicles performing specific tasks. Now, in the past, the FAA, for example, has allowed railway track, pipeline, and some industrial site inspections as long as the pilot was somewhere nearby. But come on, fully automated? That is incredible, and we are just getting started in this space. If you've seen any sci-fi movies with drones sort of flying around on their own, doing their thing, well, it seemed far-fetched, but not anymore. The technology is getting so much better with obstacle avoidance, battery life or longevity, artificial intelligence, and even simple things like LiDAR technology allowing these drones to map their path with extreme precision. Drones are advancing at a very fast rate, and I am for one very excited about this advancement because it opens up so many opportunities. The consumer drone revolution sort of started with the idea around shooting photos and videos with a flying camera. This was the obvious transition into commercial applications. DJI's Inspire drones come to mind when you think of professional videography work, although somewhat still in the consumer segment. These machines can cost upwards of $10,000 for their advanced kits and have been used in many Hollywood production films. And to be honest, I've seen low-budget movies using the more consumer drones, such as the Phantom and Mavic drones, because it's sort of good enough and with a little bit of post-magic can be sufficient for the light drone work. The flying camera videography revolution paved the way for more commercial applications. In some instances, it was also the risks involved with certain types of inspection that made it more practical to use a drone versus risk human life. For example, it's much safer for firefighters to get an aerial view of the site before responding to a potentially dangerous fire. Or imagine law enforcement in search and rescue. A drone can cover much more range regardless of terrain and help locate someone especially in sensitive missions where speed is of utmost importance. 
This technology has helped improve awareness, reduce risks, and improved intel gathering ability for various commercial applications. In aerial surveillance, commercial application of drones has significantly reduced costs for inspections. What used to mean you had to go up a tower to inspect if everything was in order and could take you hours and special equipment now can be done very quickly with the use of a professional drone. Some other applications that come to mind include 3D mapping using special cameras, infrared cameras, urban planning, land surveying or natural resource surveys, and even architecture, engineering, and construction. In architectural engineering, experts can map large work sites to acquire detailed, precise data. They can quickly and efficiently render 2D maps and 3D models, which help teams optimize project planning and designs. In urban planning, for example, this technology is used in what is known as corridor mapping. This basically means that you have the ability to quickly map corridors, such as rivers, bridges, and roads, creating accurate 2D and 3D models to facilitate maintenance and inspection. Or in power generation management, these drone solutions provide critical visual and thermal data on the condition of power stations, so personnel can identify risks and address them quickly without shutting down operations. This is currently being used for boiler inspections, wind turbine inspections, and solar system technologies. In solar, for example, the drones equipped with visual and radiometric thermal sensors can gain real-time temperature readings of solar panels to immediately identify abnormalities. At the risk of sounding a little technical, I think the discussion of these applications allow us to get a bit of a picture on the adoption of the technology, and quite frankly, it's been informative for myself as I prepared this episode and refreshing to see the use of the technology. According to a report by Goldman Sachs, the commercial and civil drone market is valued at about $13 billion, and I think, quite frankly, that that is a conservative forecast. The same report suggests that the adoption is particularly hot in a long list of areas, including construction, agriculture, insurance, oil and gas, police, fire, coast guard, real estate, utilities, mining, clean energy, and of course, cinematography rated as taking the lowest share, although likely what fueled the adoption of this particular industry. Okay, so indulge me for one moment here, just like Ehang that I briefly mentioned earlier. If you want to learn more about flying cars, a little different from the unmanned aerial vehicle, because this particular one has a driver and slightly different from Ehang, meaning you operate your own flying car, check out KleinVision. This thing essentially promises to turn your car into a flying car. The Jetsons era is here, my friends. This is essentially turning your vehicle into a small plane in about three minutes, and of course, requiring a pilot's license, plus rights to land and takeoff. But this video that I watched on this aircraft slash on-road vehicle was quite impressive. They flew it and landed it in Slovakia and I was like, come on, what's next? Well, I guess Ehang is next, but this one with the ability of owning one that's not managed by a fleet company, for example. It's actually your own and powered by autonomous driving. 
Just step in and tell Alexa, Siri, or OK Google to take you where you're heading. Not going to get too much into the details of this particular vehicle here. Go check it out, and it's a pretty cool concept. Now, of course, on the consumer drone episode, I mentioned the Jetsons law, and it wouldn't be fair if I didn't cover that here once again. What this law is, is basically New Hampshire is touting itself as the first state in the U.S. to authorize flying cars, which is a bit of an overstatement, to be honest. But why this matters is that the bill signed by Governor Chris Sununu, dubbed the Jetsons Law, makes it legal for roadable aircraft to drive on the state's roads. That's not the same as authorizing urban air taxis to fly above those same roadways, something only the Federal Aviation Administration can do, and adoption remains to be seen. But it's still an interesting development on the road to future mobility. Here's another news article I saw late last year around September 2020 that sort of contradicts this idea that we are not quite there yet, although I've not seen the wide-scale adoption of this tech that is claimed here. Sonin Hybrid, an Atlanta-based drone manufacturer, unveiled a 140 miles per hour or 225 kilometers per hour drone built exclusively for first responders called the Sonin Hybrid Recruit. They said that they were in the process of patenting a technology that allows its drones to recharge during flight. That, to me, is really cool, because now you could see these drones flying on their own and recharging during flight when they need to for sensitive missions like firefighting or search and rescue, which is where the short range or battery life may be some limitations. This company claims that the recruit can fly for over three hours and is able to reach speeds over three times faster than most of the fastest commercial drones currently available. The recruit drone uses a patent-pending gasoline and battery-powered system that allows the drone to recharge itself while in flight. It also comes equipped with a 30 times optical zoom and a 12 times digital zoom with a 4K video camera that's fixed and mobile targeted tracking. Also included is a forward-looking infrared camera with night vision, PA speakers, and a spotlight. So what's really taking us so long? Why aren't we seeing any of these commercial drones taking over our skies right now, right this moment? The answer is simple. Regulators, infrastructure, and some might argue the technology is still not in a commodity space. In other words, the batteries, say, are not super efficient, or for example, when compared to a typical long-range vehicle, or some would argue maybe the LiDAR technology or the artificial intelligence that's built in is still not at the point where it can give us 100% safety assurances. Although some Elon fans would argue that it's probably better than human pilot errors, and I'd have to say there's some truth to that. I'm also curious to learn what the Tesla autopilot system is going to do by the end of this year where Elon is claiming basically full 100% autonomous driving. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about that in the upcoming autonomous vehicle episode. Ultimately, the regulators, the government bodies are not known for innovating at the speed that we need them to to be able to adopt these technologies that quickly. 
I think I'd also argue that it's probably not cheap to adopt these technologies in scale. But as time goes by, like everything else, we should see affordability kick in for this type of tech, propelling this space even further and innovation becoming more possible. Here's another fun story I found for all you brave souls. Volocopter, an electric air taxi, has been working on its revolutionary 18-rotor electric aircraft and is now accepting reservations for 2023 flights. This German startup aircraft manufacturer is ambitiously setting the standard for air mobility and they are ready to accept reservations. So if you're up for it, sign up now. The reservations are only applicable for the year 2023, however the official launch takes place in 2022, so it's only about a couple years away. The first commercial flights will be piloted, but the ultimate plan for the vertical takeoff and landing vehicle is to be an unmanned aerial vehicle. Tickets come in at about $355 a pop, reservations can be made at 10% of the cost, and there's also only 1,000 reservations available for a limited time, so it's pretty exclusive if you ask me. You think that's crazy? You want some more? I got some more. There's also the hoverboard flight from France to England. I don't know if you heard about this, a Frenchman became the first in the world to cross the English Channel via hoverboard. His name is Frankie Zapata, who rode his own hoverboard about 22 miles from nearby France to Dover, England. He obviously stopped halfway to refuel on a boat, completing the journey in only about 20 minutes. That's incredible. So obviously, the adoption of this technology is being propelled by the advancements in this space. But this wouldn't be a commercial drone adoption episode if we didn't particularly talk about the shipping industry. Just the container shipping industry makes up about 90% of all global goods, which are then followed up by uh, trucking that can take forever for these goods to arrive. And of course, with the shortage of human truck drivers, as well as their inefficiencies, including road fatalities and risks, there's been some interest in what's known as cargo drones. The global drone and logistics market is expected to reach $1.6 billion by 2027. These cargo drones could be the disruption needed in global supply chain that has been largely unchanged since the 1950s. What's more interesting is the adoption of this technology by Amazon and our good old Amazon Prime shipping. There was an article I read about the first drone package delivered by Amazon in Cambridge in the UK which allowed the customer to basically pick the time for delivery and because the warehouse was in proximity, the drone was able to drop off the package in no time. This technology and innovation is also spurring a lot of research and development by companies like DJI which hosts a super interesting competition called Robo Wars a must-check on YouTube, and also forcing education institutions to relook at their curriculums and instruction in this space. For example, only a few years ago, you'd study electrical engineering or mechanical to get into this space, but now there's fields like mechatronics or robotics, which will give you a much more focused training around artificial intelligence, coding, and the other typical engineering courses. Folks, I could go on and on about this technology and on this episode, but if this has piqued your interest, do some Googling and there is so much information about all the companies and technologies that I mentioned on this episode. 
That's a wrap for this commercial drone episode, and I must say I've thoroughly enjoyed researching this space and learning more about commercial drone applications. Consider subscribing to the show and leaving a rating or review because I would love to hear from you. I'm on Facebook at The Realist Futurist, on Instagram at The Realist Futurist, and on my website at TheRealistFuturist.com. Until next time, this is your host, Ali Sachu, signing out.